Australian Muscle Car Magazine is one of the most respected voices in motoring media. There's been over 140 issues and thousands of stories published in the last 22 years, from the amazing muscle car machines of the past to the present and the stars that steered and built them. AMC has something for everyone. Delve into the heritage of homegrown high performance now at musclecarmag.com.au. Hi everybody, welcome along to the latest V8 Sleuth podcast. This is our classic car series. I'm Aaron Noonan. The guy sitting across from me is Will Dale. Say hello, Will. Hello, Will. Oh, you did say that. Damn it. I was trying to trick you. Anyway, on this edition of our first classic cars podcast, we're going to talk about the green-eyed monster. Great layouts in the green-eyed monster. Great start from the double zero motorsport Ford Falcon. But his mirror is full of that evil-looking Falcon. <laughs> Amazing paint jobs we've seen on the race car. Those mean green eyes. Is that the Gibson car? That's Lowndes. Lowndes oh, is in the wall. No. Can you believe it? The race leader. There seems to be a plastic bag on the intake. Oh, look at that smoke out the back, and that's the end of their campaign. V8 Sleuth is built on the histories of race cars, particularly V8 supercars. So we felt that doing some podcast series, taking a look at some of these cars, the history behind them, the results behind them, some of the stories connected to them, would be good fun. Are you up for this? Oh, totally. And we're starting with, with a pretty good car, aren't we? Well, we're starting with a car, though, that won absolutely bugger all. <laughs> but it is one of the most commonly asked about cars from our fans here at V8 Sleuth. Whenever we put a call out of, what's your favourite Falcon? What's your favourite Craig Lowndes car? The green-eyed monster is the car that comes out. But the big question is, and I don't think I can probably answer this, but you can have a crack, why? Why is it so loved? It's all in the look. All in the look. And, well, you fi- you figure it's a Craig Lowndes car. There are- That's a big tick. That is a very big tick. But there's a lot of Craig Lowndes cars that are sort of not particularly memorable. No one seems to remember the other double-O motorsport car he drove. We'll get to those. We'll get Indeed. to that. But it's just an iconic-looking car. It's the livery, isn't it? Really it really is. It's, it, it's li- the, it's it is those the, green eyes. It's the green headlights. So for those who are wondering, what are these two blokes on it? <laughs> the green-eyed monster was the name given to the Craig Lowndes Gibson Motorsport Falcon AU that was built for 2001's endurance races, debuted at Bathurst. And it was Craig's car... Uh, for the rest of that year and the majority of 02. We'll talk Mm. about specific history in this podcast, so everyone's going to learn a little bit, hopefully, that they didn't know before they started listening. But it's at the time where Lowndes had left Holden. He'd left the Holden Racing team. He'd gone to Gibson Motorsport, which at the time was presented as Fred Gibson owning and and running it, when it was actually really owned by Bob Forbes. Mm. Um, And this car came along, uh, built purpose-built for Craig Lowndes, but it wasn't ready for the start of that year. So he didn't start the year in this car. Well, the deal was done for him to go there extremely late, like just before Christmas. But they didn't have any Falcons. Exactly. They so were they, a Holden team. So they bought one from Stone Brothers, and they also bought one from Colorscan, the mm. privateer team for Rodney Forbes to drive. So they finally got themselves together and built up this new car, which debuted at Bathurst 01. So this is the silver and black with that big Falcon motif on the bonnet, mm. um, the big Ford... Uh, logo down the the doors black and silver it's one of the most standout cars of touring car racing but i had to go back through the, our, our results database here how many races do you think craig Lowndes' green-eyed monster actually won having grown up in that era and had to go to school the next day <laughs> off the top of my head it's not very many is it it's single single figures isn't it's it? single digits it's yeah. two Two races from my rough guesstimation from about 42 championship and non-championship over a year and a bit's period. 
Uh, one race at the Sandown V8 Ultimate in the wet. Oh, he and yeah. Marcus Ambrose yep, yep. had a, a ripping dice. Um, and one non-championship race win uh, at Albert Park in 2002. And that's one of those races that everybody forgets about because non-championship era doesn't mm. get counted in the stats of a lot of these drivers. But two race wins, I mean, a handful of other podiums and top three results here and there. But it's certainly no golden child Mark Scaife or Jamie Winkup. Kate didn't win a championship, didn't win a Bathurst, mm. uh, didn't win a pile of rounds. But it was Craig Lowndes. It was an iconic livery. It was part of his move from Holden to Ford. Um, and any car that gets its own nickname, it clearly just oh, made a cut through. What a great marketing job that was. I wonder who... Do you, have, do you know who came up with Green Eyed Monster? Who the actual words? That's a good question. Because someone must have. I should have researched this before we came on this <laughs> podcast. But the, the livery was designed by a Ford designer. And Nick, and I'm sorry if I get his name wrong here, Nick Hogios or Hogios, he designed the livery for that car. So that was internally mm. done at Ford. And the difference with this car is that it was um, a Ford-supplied body shell. It wasn't a Peter Behag shell yeah. that the other many of the other yeah. AU Falcons, which the colour scan car was originally. In the same way, Dencar supplied a lot of the VTVX Commodore kits. Yeah. Um, obviously, by that stage, they were pretty focused on Clayton. But yes. Howard Marsden at Ford wanted to create that same sort of hmm. environment where there was a common supplier of chassis. You know, some other teams still do their own and stuff. But, hmm. um, yeah, th- this was a Ford... Um, a Ford shell, um, and it actually featured, too, the first in-house Gibson-built Ford engine. Pete West and the engine guys had had worked on it. So its debut came along um, for Bathurst 2001. Craig Lowndes, Neil Crompton, who'd been on the sidelines all year, he'd signed up to drive for them but didn't have another car. <laughs> so he was still in the TV commentary box that year. Um, and Bathurst 01 is one that, well, many will remember that he, he actually led the race. He was mm. running at the front with Murphy and Scaife, but kind of got sucked in in the wet. Mm. Well, that's that's the thing. To borrow a Mark Scaifeism, when you're the leader in those conditions, you're the pioneer. And you know what happens to pioneers? <laughs> Apparently, you they end usually up don't fence. survive. Yeah. <laughs> Ended up in the wall at Forest Elbow in the. I think it was almost hailing and sleeting at it that was. stage of the race, and got stuck. Had he gone off at any other point, probably mm. would have just skated off, skated through a sand trap up at McPhillamy. Popped out the other side, but he actually got stuck in those tyres, and that was the issue. But do you remember that he'd already had a touch? The green eyed monster mm. had already dispatched the can of bud. Damage on the front. Oh, Craig Lowndes has hit something. Now look at the damage on the front splitter of that car. Oh no, he's hit, he's hit the, bud, the bud, car. bud car. Oh. Oh. Mark Noski. And that's what sent them around backwards into the Aussie male elbow. Look oh. at this. No space, nowhere to go. Not watching where he was going. I don't think Noski knew he was there. And then later on, I think, Lowndes ended up in the wall on the exit of the cutting trying to pass Steve Ellery when he was already some laps down. Yeah. When the dream was already over. The dream was already over by then. Um, And, of course, the next year, this is the car that had the the bags. in The the plastic bag, In the front spoiler, which causes Neil Crompton nightmares to this very day. Sorry, Neil, if you're listening. But the reality is, I I still think that people think that that car was a winning chance that day. And it was in the top few at the time that it cooked itself. But I don't think they had the pace to beat the Scaife Richards HRT car or even Steve Richards in the Castrol car. He Agreed. would have been fighting for the podium. Lance, I said that car was a genuine podium contender, but at no unless the mixed weather had continued through to the end of the race, that would have evened things up a little bit. But, yeah, I totally agreed. That car wasn't a race winner. 
one thing that we should point out too that there were actually four different cars that the Gibson slash Double mm. Motorsport team had of the Falcons. So um, they're all commonly referred to as Green Eye Monsters, but the fact is there was just one, and it's yes. the car we're talking about. It's GMS 014. Now, uh, Gibson's car numbers had been Commodores through 1, 2, 3, 4, and so on. Mm. Um, when they acquired those other Falcons from the other teams, uh, the Color Scan car, I think, was given the designation of 12. Uh, the Stone Brothers car was given 11. They skipped 13. Like lots, lots of race teams, was deemed to be unlucky. So this car became 14. Remember, too, that this wasn't common hat at the time. It had the open-cut steering wheel. A little bit of open-wheeler. And that wasn't common. Mm. I don't think there was another V8 supercar that had that. Nah. Did Larco's first... Larco's first Falcon had a lot of stuff, but yeah. I don't reckon it had an open-top steering wheel. Mm. Was there a reason behind that? Was that just... I think they were just getting funky with it. Yeah. Saves weight. Saves COG. The man who asked would be Oscar Fioranotto. He was Indeed. the engineer for Craig Lands at the time. So Oscar these days, he runs um, Super Shop in mm. Adelaide, which is doing great things for all sorts of stuff, not just motor racing. But he's also the strategist in the commentary box for Supercast TV now with Crompo and Scafe and the guys, and he basically tells you all the nerdy stuff that you need to know about how many seconds it will take to transverse the pit lane <laughs> and tyre degradation, all the stuff that you and I have got no ability to be able to do. And knows who will win the race when the race is half over. The, uh, yeah, generally. Mm. Generally. Probably should go and put a dollar on. <laughs> Actually, no. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that. Um, and, and the other thing was there was another car after the Green-Eyed Monster mm. that was built for Neil Crompton to drive in 2002. But its difference, it looked the same. It had the same silver and black colours. It was number 27, remember? Mm. Um, but it was a BHAG shell. It wasn't a forged shell. So it, the problem was none of the stuff correlated between setup changes and the like. So um, you had Lowndes, Crompton, Forbes, all in completely different era of cars and different constructors and different elements. They and all look the same. three different ways on setup. Yeah, they all look the same, but they yeah. were all actually sort of quite different underneath. But I think they would have tried to make them the same, same um, underneath. So this car, in the hands of Craig Lowndes, debuts at Bathurst 2001, but then it gets rested. Because remember in those days, the Gold Coast wasn't part of the championship. Oh, so yeah. Did one was the last year where it wasn't, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah. So they didn't want to risk their cars up against the concrete mm. because the trip to Pukekohe was next, the first time we went there in the championship. And back in those days, we went by boat. We didn't mm. go by plane, which we did later on, which we're now not going anymore. Um, so that car was rested, finished off the year, Pukekohe, Sandown, won that race in the wet that I talked about earlier. Then it was Craig's car for all of 02, but not quite all of it. Remember Phillip Island? Massive accident. Uh, Max oh, yes. Wilson gets tipped into a spin. He and Marcus Ambrose are fighting at the hairpin. Maxie bags the back end of that better car up, creates a smoke plume. Sea uh, Lowndes, headbutt, <laughs> wham, straight in. Hard under brakes into Honda corner. Paul oh, gives him a little bit of a hurry up as well. Ambrose sneaks up the inside. Oh, oh, no! And there's been contact between the two of them. Max Wilson caught in the middle of turn four. And Craig Lowndes, it looks like. One of the double zero motorsport forwards has gone crunch straight into him. Contact between the Pertec Ford and the better electrical car. Ambrose... Sneaks past, but Lowndes cannot see a thing. Now watch Wilson get cleaned up by Lowndes. Watch this. Bang! Look at the impact there. The Lowndes just a victim in all that. Drove them through a wall of smoke. That was another good day for long-suffering Ford fans. <laughs> no, it wasn't a good one. No. They tended to in that era. If they took one out, they took a ton of them out in one hit. Oh, yeah. Devastating. Do you remember I'm that shunt? Oh, how could you forget? 
Max Wilson's still on the rev limiter down at Phillip Island. He had it juiced up. I'm pretty sure the State Pollution Commission still consider him an environmental pest. <laughs> but the reality was he missed around in that car, Craig Lowndes, in 2002. So at Eastern Creek, he went back to the car that he'd started with the Gibson team, which was the ex-Stone Brothers car. So mm. um, they had to fix that rocket up and get him back going. He did... I mean, you look at the numbers here of the results um, in that 2 season. For the budget that team had, they just didn't get results with no. this car. Um, I mean, Adelaide, a couple of fourths. That was pretty solid. Uh, the DNF at Phillip Island, but he wasn't running terribly crash hot. Um, car comes back for Hidden Valley. Two DNFs out of the three races. Canberra gets pole position, but then... Um, Finishes third for the weekend, which is that car's uh, only other real podium result apart from a, a runner-up on the Gold Coast later in the year in that wet weekend uh, that was the first points-paying event. So so Lowndes drives it through the end of the year, and then end of the year he's gone. Mm. The whole Gibson 00 era for Craig Lowndes is over, and he's going to FPR. But the car wasn't finished with. 03 was the first year of the BA Falcon, was it not? Correct. So Double O Motorsport stayed open for business with some... BAs coming on stream. Mm. Greg Ritter replaced Lowndes mm. in car double O. Um, but the Lowndes car continued on uh, in the hands, though, of Rodney Forbes. Now, we weren't sure whether he drove the Stones car or the Lowndes car, um, but the, the Forbes family have retained all of the double O motorsport uh, paperwork relating to those cars. And we've checked with Rodney. He most <laughs> definitely, he wasn't sure, he had to check himself yeah. that he drove the Lowndes chassis for the first part of 03 while a second BA was being built for the team. And since then, um, it's been re- returned to the double O Lowndes Crompton livery. Mm. Um, it's spent a lot of time at the National Motor Racing Museum up at Bathurst. It was on display at the Sydney 500 the first year we ran there in 2009. Uh, but it's been back on the track at the Muscle Car Masters uh, where Crompo and Rodney Forbes drove both this car and the X-Stones car. Uh, in a couple of years, a couple of years ago, um, but they're still runners. They still get out there. And the thing um, Bob Forbes told me is that they've made the outside of that car, the exterior looks schmick, mm. but inside there's all sorts of little knocks and rubs and scrapes and bits. P- patina, I believe that's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they've left them in that car. That's great. So that's really cool. Um, so it's been 15 years since the Green Eye Monster raced oh, in period, which is Rodney Forbes. 2003 Phillip Island was the yeah, last yeah. time that car was ever actually raced. A um, couple of other interesting things, too. Um, I mentioned earlier about how this car all came to be, but I think it might have even been a Jeff Pilates initiative, actually, at Ford, the late Ford boss at the time, who was mm. a big champion of the motorsport cause. Um, Will, do you remember what happened to Double O Motorsport in 2003? I remember it. It stopped midway through. It did, but all the, a lot of the bits didn't. So Double O Motorsport was running a couple of BA Falcons. The licenses were sold off. The gear was sold off. What team did, was born out of that gear? Uh, I think I know where you're going with this. A, Go team that, a team that ran a very similar colour scheme. Mm-hmm. The letters W, P and S are coming to mind. That's a whole other podcast for a whole other day. <laughs> but, yeah, the BA Falcons of Double O Motorsport and I guess some of the gear around it mm. were sold off to Craig Gore's team that came into supercar racing. But... They, this car, the AU, the Green-Eyed Monster, and the Stone Brothers car were not. They weren't part of that sale. They were retained by uh, Bob Forbes. The Colour Scan car was sold to Terry Wyhoon, 
who raced it in the Konica Minolta series by that stage. I think it just about about was to be. And um, the Neil Crompton car was part of the sale to WPS, and they did use that, I think, at the Bathurst non-championship Konica race. Mm. Neil McFadden had a a steer in that one up there. So so Bob Forbes retained the the Green Eye Monster. He still has it. Um, It spent some time at the Bathurst Museum, spent some time um, in his um, private um, storage facility. Um, the fact that it's still around, the, the fact that it evokes so much emotion, I think is pretty impressive. And if you look at Lowndes' cars over his career, what do you deem the ultimate Craig Lowndes race car from a value point of view? It's probably got to be a Bathurst winning car, don't you think? Yeah, you would think probably the 06 winner, purely because Craig continues to say that that's the one that he puts at the top if he had to rank his Bathurst wins, just purely because of the emotion around it. Brock Trophy. Brock Trophy, the fact that it had been 10 years since his his first win and it had been such a drought in between. I'll tell you what, though, this car, though, for something that, as, as we've just stated, doesn't have the most successful race record but it's the one everyone remembers. What would you have to spend on it? Well, what's it worth? That's the thing. I mean, we get asked this question mm. all the time, but in the pecking order of all the V8 supercars Craig Lowndes has ever dra- raced or driven, it's top five. Oh, it's sure. It, it, it Absolutely. Probably, I, I would almost say that it probably probably beat some of those Vodafone Falcons because they won a few Bathursts in a row with different mm. cars, but this car's so iconic. There was only one. And the other thing is, um, apart from Craig being the full-time bloke and Crompton driving the Enduros with him and yet Rodney Forbes with a couple of races at the end, as the double O car, it was Craig Lowndes' car. Mm. It wasn't Neil Crompton's for half a season and Craig Lowndes' for part of a season, then back to Neil. It was Craig Lowndes' car. It was yeah. purely identified with him. So it's a unique part of V8 supercar history. We love that the fans care about it so much. They love to see it come out. We had it on display do we have it on display at Bathurst last year as part of the Falcon exhibition? I think so. Um, I think so. Which got a lot of people excited, which was great to be able to do. Um, so when you say the number, double O, who else do you think of? Or what yeah. else do you think of? Robert Parrish with the Boston Celtics? That's about all I've got. Buckshot Jones, NASCAR <laughs> race. Jeez, <laughs> really? we're, we're struggling now, <laughs> yeah, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. But in Aussie motor racing, when you say double O... He's it. It's the green-eyed monster. Yeah. It's Lowndes. It's silver and black. It's those green eyes. It's those green headlights. It's the vibe. It's Marbo. (laughs) It's the Constitution. Two wins. It's it's the vibe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I hope that's given people a bit more of an idea of the history of some of the great cars from V8 Supercar Racing. And we're going to do a few of these podcasts and focus in on some of these um, cars over time and some of the backstories, what they did, where they went, who drove them, where they are now. A lot of the things we've been doing on V8 Sleuth over the course of the last, what, five or six years of social media and the website. Um, we'll put some photos up of the Green Eye Monster on our social media pages. Um, but we would also get people to put in their V8 Sleuth Classic Car suggestions, what they want us to talk about in terms of it could be a famous car, it could be a privateer car. Any suggestions from you, Will, at all? Another AU Falcon? Spent the last few years trying to forget the AU Falcon. You're not the only one describing yeah. We will get, no doubt, plenty of questions and plenty of ideas from the V8 Sleuth followers, so uh, we'll put that up on our Facebook page over the course of the next little while. Keep an eye out for it, or in the meantime, send us an email through the website. There's a Contact Us page on v8sleuth.com.au. Subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and Spotify. Uh, we'll, then you'll know when the next one's coming up without us having to tell you, uh, but we will put them out on social media and the like as well so everyone can keep informed. But that's that, the V8 Sleuth Classic Car, the Green-Eyed Monster, the Craig Lounge Double O Motorsport 
Ford Falcon AU. Hope you learnt something about it. We had fun talking about it. We'll do it all again soon on the V8 Sleuth Podcast. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out.